together. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Enjoy the good spirit we feel in this house. Amen. 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 Hey, y'all have some singing talent now, I'm telling you. This is good. I have enjoyed this. And uh, it is good to be back with you. And you men, uh, I was here a couple years ago. I'm telling you, this is a very, very, the spirit of this meeting is excellent. And I'm not from uh, this area of the country. And uh, Brother Clark, Clark and I are, are outsiders, but we have talked about just the spirit of this meeting, the spirit of this fellowship, and how good it feels and how solid it feels. Amen. And, um, and the good spirit of God. And we really appreciate uh, Brother Townley. Amen. Brother Townley is a blessing to the apostolic movement. That's right. And uh, his spirit, it, it's, just, it's just refreshing. I like being around Brother Townley. And um, the <laughs> when I was just getting to meet Brother Townley, he was singing at West Coast Conference in Fresno. And right, you know, when he sings, he really opens his mouth and just lets it fly. And, and not just the words either. There's other stuff flying. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, he had bit his tongue right before he started singing up there. What are you laughing at, Brother Weeks? But he, he had bit his tongue right before he got up there, so he's singing. We're all sitting on the platform, and he's just doing his, you know, television evangelist deal. And, uh, no, I'm teasing. And there's blood just running down, and we're looking at him. And my dad's looking at him, and Brother Garrett's looking. We're all looking at him like, here's the vampire preacher from Louisiana. And then Brother Garrett said, well, he's from Louisiana. He probably bit a chicken's head off or something right before he got up to preach. But how many of you appreciate Brother Townley and this local church? This local church put a lot of time and work and money into this. Thank God for it. And I really am looking forward to hearing Brother Looper and Brother Weeks. These are good men. And they're going to bring us the word of the Lord. And, um, and Brother Weeks, we're just getting to where we just team up all over the country. So, well, don't look at me funny. That's not a bad thing. But, but uh, I appreciate it. And I want to say, Brother Clark, um, there, are, there are some men in my life that have really not just kind of been there at a distance, but have really made uh, a, a very impactful dif difference in my life. Brother Clark is one of those men. Uh, he's not my pastor, uh, but he is a, a, a voice in my life, definitely. And he's, he's one of those men. There's just a few, but they have an open invitation to call me and say, I, I feel like I really have something to preach to your church. I feel like I have something for you. Or to call me and, and jerk me around if I need it. Or encourage me if I need it, whatever. And he has called and said, I've got something for your church. Not because he's egotistical, but I trust his ministry and he walks with God. And he has really, 
really, many times God has used him to shepherd our church and even my own personal ministry and our family at, at critical times. And I am thankful. I love Brother Clark. This is a good, godly man. Well, are you glad you're here? Amen. Amen. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 4. Did I see Jonathan Blotto out there? Are you out there? Hey, what's happening, Brother Blotto? You behaving yourself? Don't lie. But uh, good to see him and my friend, Brother Calhoun. I love Brother Jason Calhoun. Amen. Now, I'll just be honest with you. I, I uh, oh, by the way, can I get some water? I don't want that water that, that, that Brother Shields was drinking earlier. If I drink after him, I'll turn into a troll or something. But you all know, there's a story behind that. I, if you know me, I like to, I like to have a good time, and I like to just wide open church. I really do, and um, I'll be honest with you. I'm just going to shoot straight with you. I'm struggling tonight. Uh, I'm not struggling because I don't know what to preach. I'm not struggling uh, in that regard. I'm just struggling that that I'm reaching tonight. This message has been on my heart for weeks, and uh, I have never preached this message. I don't know if I'll ever preach this message again. It, it's, it's just notes on paper. It's not all fancy-dancy and written and rewritten and, and preached it 30, 40 times. It's not that kind of a message. But I know that I have tried to move away from this message, and, uh, and, and I cannot move away from this message. But uh, I'm reaching for some of us tonight. The Holy Ghost is visiting us tonight. And this is, this is what I want to say. Now, listen closely. I don't, always, I don't always go by the protocols, and I don't know how all this will unfold. But, but tonight in this service, not because I'm preaching. It's not about me. It's not about showmanship. Or, or I'm some prophet. That's not the point. But God uses men, and here I am here tonight, and all I have is what I have. And, uh, and I feel like God, I really feel like God has put this upon me. But tonight, depending on what we do, there can be, there will be. Is everyone listening closely? There will be, after this night, there will be either irreversible loss. Listen to me. Irreversible loss in some families or great, great profit. I'm serious. I'm not saying this. I'm telling you. From preaching tonight, not because I'm preaching, but because this is what God wants us to hear. There's going to be irreversible loss, or, or there will be great, great profit, great, great gains. And there will be a lot of loss, not just loss avoided, but gains taken in. And I don't mean money. I'm talking about the things that pay off spiritually and for eternity. If we will really listen to what God wants us to do tonight. 
Maybe Brother Looper and Brother Weeks tomorrow will get to do more fun things. And I hope I'm not shooting this message in the foot right at the beginning, but I'm just being honest. I really didn't want to preach this. There's other stuff that's got a little more zip in it. There's other stuff that's funner to preach. But, but I've got to preach this tonight because if we can fix some of this tonight, if we can, and, and, and I'm going to tell you something. It's not, I don't have a list of specifics, but I do know this. God's going to be speaking to us as this unfolds, and we're going to know exactly what God is talking to us about, exactly. But um, will you pray with me? Will you pray with me? We're going to read some scripture, but I want you to pray with me. I want you to pray with me because God really wants to do something. I'm telling you, I know it's easy for us to see the negatives that can happen and to see the, the, the destructive fallout. I understand that. But if you will hear me tonight, what this really is is the goodness of God coming into this building saying, I am putting two alternatives in front of you this morning. I'm giving you two alternatives at what you can do. I'm telling you. It's like there's two doors. It's like there's two doors. I want you to close your eyes just a minute. I want you to visualize this with me. I'm not fooling around, and I don't preach very long. Close your eyes, and I want you to visualize with me just for a minute. I want you to look in your mind's eye. With your eyes closed, in your mind's eye, look to the front of this building, and there's two doors. There's two doors, and one door is marked blessing, and the other door is marked regret. And the decisions and what we do with this service tonight is going to open one, like a key, is going to open one of those doors. And so, which door are we going to step through tonight? In the name of Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 4, and from there we're going to go to Ecclesiastes 9. But in Hebrews uh, chapter 4, said, let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Faith is not just believing that God can do great things. Faith is agreeing with God. Faith is trusting God. The reason why the Bible says you can be seated. I, 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 this is non-traditional tonight. You can be seated. The reason why that, that, that the Bible says if it's not a faith, it's sin, is because if it's not a faith, it's us saying, God, I don't agree with you. I don't trust you. But he said it didn't have any profit in them not being mixed with faith. All right? But he said, for we which have believed do enter to rest as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day. Now, I'm not lifting the primary meaning of these scriptures out tonight. We'll see where we're going here in just a little bit. He said, uh, uh, he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest, seeing therefore, verse 6, it remaineth that some must enter therein. 
And they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Again, now here we go. He limiteth a certain day. Now that doesn't mean a 24-hour period. It's not a box on the calendar. He said he limiteth a certain day. There was a season. There was a time. There was, there was uh, uh, a, a certain uh, time period. He limited a certain day saying, Today, after so long a time, as it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not, harden not your hearts. Now in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, starting with verse 10, he said, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave whither thou goest. I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill. But time, time, time and chance. Time and opportunity. The right moment and the right action. The right opportunity. He said time and chance happeneth to them all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to preach. I want to preach. Tonight in this building, there's a time and there's a chance. And I want to preach just for a little bit tonight. And I want somebody to hear the Holy Ghost tonight. Get the, get the preacher man out of your mind and listen to the Holy Ghost. And I want somebody to listen tonight. I want to preach, don't wait too late to change. Don't wait too late to change. I'm, let's pray right now together. I'm coming to you, Lord. And I pray that the Holy Ghost speak in this building. God, I know what you laid on my heart. I know how you dealt with me. I know how I tried to get away from it. But more than that, greater than that, more important than that, is the souls that you are reaching for in this house. The families, Lord, that you want to preserve in this house. The children and the grandchildren that you want to preserve in this house. Oh, God, tonight we are being visited by our future. Tonight we are being visited from days that are to come and we have the power in our decisions tonight Lord to determine what the future holds uh, we have the power there's a time and a chance uh, in this building tonight Lord uh, for us to determine what tomorrow is going to bring for us to determine what the future is going to bring come on men let's come together right now and pray let's come together right now you may be saying well look I don't need this I'm telling you tonight beneath our suits and our ties uh, and our nice haircuts. Uh, there are some desperate needs. Uh, there are some things that have got to be fixed. Uh, there are some things that God says, look, we've got to deal with this. Uh, we've got to take care of this. Uh, we've got to move this. This can't go on. This cannot continue. There's some things uh, that have got to be fixed. Oh, God, I pray in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Uh, Oh, that's it. Come on, let's bind together right now. One heart, one mind. Let's join together. Let's join together. Oh, God, I pray work 
the work of the Spirit. Work the work of the Spirit in this house. Work the work of the Spirit in this house, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let's wait on the Lord. Oh, Jesus. You know, Brother Townley, I apologize. I know that, we, but you know what? I can't get away from this. I'm not apologizing for what I feel, but I know that there are things that are funner to preach and funner to deal with. But let me say this. If we can fix some of this stuff, God is not going to keep us here forever. This service is, is what needs to happen tonight. But, but whatever we do with it tonight, good or bad, it's going to be moved out of the way, and who knows how high and how great it's going to be tomorrow. But in my spirit, I am stirred up. I've been stirred up for weeks, and as I said, I have never preached this message before, never. This isn't I practiced it here and there and polished it up, and here we are. I really feel like God is speaking to some man tonight, and the thing that presses in upon me is these things. Things that are that are facing us tonight, the issues that the Holy Ghost will bring in front of our face to take care of tonight. Again, I don't have a list, uh, but I know that God will deal with us uh, and show us exactly what He's talking about. But these things uh, that will come before us tonight, the the, the if we will deal with them uh, in the future, it is going to affect our children and it is going to affect our grandchildren. And if we could see how far-reaching they are, if we could see how far into the future it's going to reach. Uh, every man in this place will be stirred up in your spirit and awakened in your spirit. Say, okay, God, come on. Show me. Talk to me. Tell me. I'm going to do this. Uh, I'm reaching my kids. Uh, I'm reaching my grandkids. Uh, I'm going to take care of some stuff tonight. I'm going to take care of some battles tonight so that they won't have to. I'm going to take care of some things tonight lest it be left for them to have to deal with. Is anybody stirred up in your spirit tonight? Is that a witness in anybody's spirit tonight that says, come on, come on, come on. If I can spare my kids something, if I can spare my grandkids something, I'm going to do it. It doesn't matter how I have to bleed. It doesn't matter what I've got to give up. It doesn't matter how deep it's going. It doesn't matter if I can say. In 2 Chronicles chapter 33, there is a very critical story about a man that changed, a man that changed, and the change was dramatic, and um, we're going to read tonight from this chapter in 2 Chronicles chapter 33. Manasseh was 12 years old, verse 1, when he began to reign. And he reigned 15 five years in Jerusalem, but did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. You know, I don't know. I don't think anybody wakes up one morning and says, you know what, I think I'll ruin my life today. I think I'll wreck my life. 
Let's open up my little planner and see. You know what? Today's the day I decide I'm going to wreck my life today. I don't think anybody plans that. I don't know how habits get a hold of us. I don't know how attitudes become entrenched. I don't understand. All of us struggle with whatever our struggle is. And I'm not making a case for hypocrisy, but I'm making a case for humanity. All of us know our weaknesses. All of us know the dark side of ourselves that, that if not kept under the blood, not kept under submission to the Holy Ghost, will rise up and pull us down quickly. But it is so disturbing. And, and uh, those of us that pastor, it, it, is, it is so disheartening. It is so, uh, it, it's so frustrating to watch somebody begin to fall into that trap. And they're not coming out of it. And they're not getting out of it. And you've talked and you've counseled and you've done. And you said, please, please don't do this. Do you understand what the ramifications of this are? Do you understand what the outcomes of this are? I'm telling you, it's hard, pastoring, when God gives you a glimpse into the future and you know exactly where somebody's going. You know exactly what's going to happen. And you try to tell them. You try to warn them. I'm going to tell you there's something hard about operating with discernment. You know, we all talk about discernment of spirits and, and all that. I believe God gives every pastor at least a little measure of the gift of discernment. The thing that's hard about discernment is you know exactly what's going to happen down the road. But right now, at this point in the road, there's no evidence have no evidence. You have nothing concrete you can lay right before them and say that you can't do that because it hasn't happened yet. But what you're trying to do is to swerve them off of this collision course. You're trying to back them off of, of, of sure destruction and a big mess and a big wreck, but yet people don't see it. And because the Bible says sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore, because the consequences are not immediate is what the Bible says. The hearts of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. And I'm not trying to accuse anybody tonight. And I want to say this. If you're here tonight and you realize you're caught. If you're here tonight and you realize that you have been drugged down. You realize that you are bound. I want to tell you that you can be free. You can be free. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things, all things are passed away. Behold, all things, all things. How many things? All things. I don't care if you're bound by a pornography habit. You can be free of it. I don't care if some kind of sexual perversion has taken. You can be free. I don't care if anger and dysfunction and your warped past and upbringing that keeps you. I'm telling you, you can be free. You can be a new creature. I don't mean just modifying behavior. I mean your spirit and your soul and your heart, your life, your, your very being can be changed, can be transformed. I'm telling you it can happen. You believe what this preacher's saying in the Holy Ghost. You believe exactly what I'm saying. Don't you let the devil lie to you and tell you you're stuck and this is all you're going to be. We serve a God that's mightier than any problem you're bound by. I don't care what kind of failures you've had. I don't care how rotten your attitude may have been. If there's something in you right now that is quickening and saying, I don't want this. I don't want to live this way. I'm telling you, you can break free. You can be free. You can change Hear me tonight. Hear the Holy Ghost tonight. You can change. Stop listening to the lies of the enemy. Stop listening to your own failures. Stop listening to your own uh, undone New Year's resolutions. And in faith, believe it. You can change. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. You can change. Hallelujah. I think one of the most inspiring stories to me in all of Scripture is a demoniac. Three to 6,000 devils. I'll tell you, I've dealt with a lot of devils, but not that many ones. That there's, that's a lot of trolls, Brother Shields. If I'm one man, one man with three to 6,000 devils can decide this is the last day I'm living this way and everything changed, I'm telling you what, I'll guarantee you you can change. I'll guarantee you you can make it. I'll guarantee you there's nobody in here tonight that's dealing with three to 6,000 devils. Uh, I'm telling you if there's something in you that says this is the last day I'm living this way. This is the last day I'm doing this. Uh, this is the last time. This is it. I'm telling you, Jesus can't set you free. Oh, let's rejoice in the Lord together just a moment. Hallelujah. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can be free. You can be free. You can make it. Hallelujah. Praise God. God's in the fix-it business. Hallelujah. Now, in reading Manasseh here, it said, He did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, like unto the abominations of the heathen whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. For he built again the high places which Hezekiah his father had broken down. Good king Hezekiah, who brought about a great revival in, in Judah, in the city of Jerusalem, reinstituted the Passover. Great, great revival under Hezekiah, the father of Manasseh. I don't know what didn't take. I don't know what didn't catch on in Manasseh. But he began to actually undo the good that his father had done. And he reared up altars for Balaam and made groves and worshipped all the hosts of heaven and served them. Also, he built altars in the house of the Lord. So he took his problems to church, and instead of letting church change him, he, he, he just made the church fit his problems. And he said, <clears throat> and he, said he built altars in the house of the Lord, where the Lord had said, In Jerusalem shall be my name shall my name be forever. And he built altars for all the hosts of heaven in the two courts of the house of the Lord. I'm telling you, it isn't the will of God for us to come in. I'm going to tell you, the, 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 the church, and I don't mean just the building, and I don't mean just the membership, but the church is a spiritual place above all else. Above all else, the church is a spiritual being. I know there's a business in the church you've got to take care of, and I understand all of the natural things that have to happen in the church, but the church is a spiritual intersection between heaven and earth. And when we come in here, we are meant to be changed. We are meant to, we are confronted with heaven. We are confronted with God's power. And to come into that and try to drag it down to an earthly level, what kind of a disgrace is that? And he caused his children to pass through the fire in the valley of the son of Hinnom. Also, he observed times. He was into the 
the, the zodiac and the signs and the heavens and all of that, and used enchantments, used witchcraft, and dealt with a familiar spirit and with wizards. He wrought much evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. I understand that tonight maybe we are not at the level of degradation that Manasseh had sunk to. But I will say tonight, it isn't an accident that the Lord laid these scriptures on my heart and would not release me from them. And I will say this, who knows what we could become? Who knows what we could become? As I've stated earlier, I don't think we wake up one day and decide to wreck our lives. But here a little and there a little. Do we think, let me hearken again to the demoniac. Do we think he decided, I'm, I think I'll just go out and find several thousand spirits and get possessed. No, it was given up a little here and given up a little there and a little surrender here. And then another little surrender there and then another little surrender there. But then pretty soon all he could do was surrender. And then pretty soon he wasn't controlling the Bible says, he that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. That means the defenses are gone. And let me tell you something. When the defenses are gone, we don't get to choose what's going to invade. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When the defenses are gone, I don't get to choose what's going to take over. I don't get to choose what's going to come against me. There's no telling what we're going to open ourselves up to if we don't take care of our spirit. If we don't take care of that inner man and die daily, there's no telling what lurks out there. There's no telling what's just on the other side of our defenses. And if those defenses are brought down, we're not going to determine what takes hold and what just rushes in like a flood. Now in verse 10, the Lord spake to Manasseh and to his people, but they would not hearken. Wherefore the Lord brought upon him the captains of the host of the king of Assyria, which took Manasseh among the thorns and bound him with fetters and carried him to Babylon. And when he was afflicted, now, I want us to look at this. When he was afflicted, you know, sometimes God lets us hurt. I'm going to tell you one of the best things God does for us. He will not let us escape the consequences of everything we do. He may pull us out of hellfire. He may save us from our sins. But sometimes God says, I've got to let them hurt. I've got to let them pay the consequences for this because otherwise they'll never know. Otherwise, they may go back to it. Otherwise, they, I'm going to tell you, when he was afflicted, when he realized I have brought this on myself, said so when he was afflicted, he besought the Lord his God and humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers and prayed unto him. And he, the Lord, was entreated of him and heard his supplication and brought him again to Jerusalem into his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord, he was God. I told you earlier, and I'm saying it again, if this man can reform, if this man can turn around, if this man can make wrongs right and say, no, 
no, no, no. This has got to stop. I'm telling you, whatever you're dealing with tonight, you can change. You can make it. You can come out of that. Listen to me. You can come out of that. You may find yourself bound. You may find yourself in fetters tonight. But I'm telling you, you can break out of that. Woo! And I understand hopelessness. I understand despair. The devil will use any tactic against us that he can. And I believe some people are lost with God, not necessarily because they hate God, but because they think, I am so lost. There's no way this mess can be fixed. There's no way this can be put together. I'm telling you, don't let that drive you away from the presence of God. Don't let that drive you away from an altar of repentance. You look at this man. You read what this man did, and you realize, that when he called out to God in repentance with a changed heart, his life was turned around. Anybody ready for a turnaround tonight? Anybody ready for some things to be different? Is anybody ready tonight? I'm tired of feeling this way. I'm tired of dealing with this. I'm tired of this hanging over my head. I feel a witness of the Spirit with that right there. Come on. Come on. Get tired of it. Get sick of it. Look to the Lord. Look to the Lord. Oh, Jesus. He knew that the Lord was God. All of a sudden, it wasn't about him. He had a God now. It wasn't about self. It wasn't about whatever was around him. All of a sudden now his look was was vertical rather than horizontal. Verse 14, now after this, after this, he built a wall. I'm ready for a boundary now. I'm ready for some defenses now. I'm ready to repair some stuff now. I'm going to tell you something. It's one thing to talk about, and oh, man, I'm tired of this. It's another thing to say, you know, we're going to take some steps to make sure this doesn't happen again. We're going to take some steps to make sure this doesn't come back on us. He built a wall without the city of David. He raised it up a very great height. Uh, whatever I got to do, that's what we're going to do. And he put captains of war in it. His defenses were up now, and the wall was there. The boundaries were there now, and he took a Away the strange God. He started undoing stuff that he had done that had caused so much trouble. I'm going to tell you something, man. We may have to go to pastor and stand in front of pastor and say, and say, you know what? Uh, I, this is it. I'm done. I'm sorry. This has got to change. There's a man, probably everybody in this room knows. I'm not going to allude to it at all, but I remember, I know the story of this man, uh, and, 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 and his life now is such a great, great, great uh, 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 ministry in the Lord, but he came and he sat down before his pastor, and most everybody here knows his pastor, and he told his pastor, he said, you'll never have to worry about me again. Never. And that was the end of it. And that I'm telling you, it takes that kind of resolve. I'm going to undo some stuff. I may have to go home. Here we go. Now we're going to test it. I may have to go home and look my wife in the eye and say I'm sorry. Oh, shout now. I may have to go and sit my kids down. Huh? We like to talk about leadership unless it's leading in reconciliation. 
We don't like to talk about leadership unless it's leading in apologies and making things right. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Some of us are. I understand everything gets broadcast now, so the funniest stuff doesn't make it through the mic. But I'm going to tell you, he started undoing stuff. He started undoing things. He took away the strange gods. He took the, all, uh, the idol out. This is verse 15, out of the house of the Lord and all the altars he had built in the mount of the house of the Lord and in Jerusalem and cast them out of the city. And he repaired the altar of the Lord and sacrificed thereon peace offerings and thank offerings. And look at this. And commanded Judah, commanded Judah to serve the Lord God of Israel. He started using his authority and influence to bring about more godliness. He started using his authority and influence to bring about restoration and revival. Men, I don't know if we understand the power that we can be in the local church to help our pastor bring about revival and restoration. I don't know if we fully understand how standing aligned with that man will bring about a spiritual force. It's intangible. There's no textbook formula for it, but there's something about our spirit being knit with the spirit of the pastor that unlocks unleashes uh, spiritual forces, uh, unleashes uh, light, uh, unleashes the Holy Ghost. And now that influence, other people are doing better because he's doing better. So now we go down to verse 18. Now the rest of the acts of Manasseh and his prayer unto his God and the words that the seers that spake to him in the name of the Lord God of Israel. Behold, they are written in the book of the kings of Israel. His prayer also, and how God was entreated of him. His prayer also, and how God was entreated of him, and his sins and his trespasses. I'm going to say this about real repentance. Real repentance will own it. I'm going to tell you something. All this excuse-making... And don't, now don't get me wrong, don't miss, it's hard preaching because you can't preach everything, we'd be here all night. I understand that some of our upbringings and I understand that, you know, all the, the brokenness of the, of the modern family, especially in America and how people not knowing even who their parents are. I understand the dysfunction. Some of the things Brother Clark was referencing, I really understand that that has a, a deeply negative impact on us. I really understand that. But that is not bigger than God. That is not a place to get stuck. It's a place to get help. It's a place to get deliverance. But he said all of his sins, all the things, he, and wherein he built high places and set up groves and graven image before, 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 verse 19, he was humbled. Behold, they are written among the sayings of the seers. So Manasseh slept with his fathers, and they buried him in his own house. And so at the end, at his funeral, there were some regrettable things. But they were able to say he went out right 
They were able to say he left right. They were able to say at his funeral, they were able to stand up there. The high priest and the Levites were able to sing songs and say, boy, he, he fixed it. He fixed it. He got it right. He turned it around. And when he died, they were able to smile and pat each other on the back and say, thank God for Manasseh's revival. Yeah, there was some junk and there was some garbage. Uh, but when he came back from Babylon, buddy, he cleaned up the church. Uh, he went through things. He cleaned stuff out. And, and all of us uh, benefited from Manasseh's revival. But there's a sadness in it. Verse 21. Well, at the end of verse 20 said, And Ammon his son reigned in his stead. Verse 21. Ammon was two and twenty years old when he began to reign and reigned two years in Jerusalem. But he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, as did Manasseh his father. For Ammon sacrificed unto all the carved images which Manasseh, his father, had made. Those things that had been thrown out, Manasseh went and got, or Ammon went, got them, brought them back. And how did Manasseh feel if he could see what Ammon was doing? Resurrecting his old mistakes. Resurrecting his old faults resurrecting his old sins and saying, you know, I kind of enjoyed that. Ammon sacrificed unto all the carved images which Manasseh, his father, had made and served them. Now, I'm going to say this and move on, but it might be really important for someone. I'm not saying that if we've been imperfect and made some mistakes that, that, that our families, that's not what I'm saying tonight. Remember how I started this. God is throwing this down in front of us tonight because of the great things that can happen if we respond to the Word of God. The carved images which Manasseh's father made and served them and humbled not himself before the Lord as Manasseh his father had humbled himself, but Ammon trespassed more and more. And his servants conspired against him and slew him in his own house. Manasseh, we are so thankful for your revival. We are so thankful, Manasseh, for your change. We are so glad that at your funeral we were able to say great things and we were able to point to the repairs that had been made in the house of God and to the images that had been cast out. We are so glad, Manasseh, for the wonderful reforms and revival that happened before you passed on. We're so glad that you left us with a feeling of returning to Jehovah, of returning to God things, uh, uh, returning to righteous name things. Uh, but the only thing, Manasseh, you waited too late to change. You changed, but you changed too late to change the future. 
you changed too late to undo all the things that had been put in motion. You changed too late to, to where the images were forgotten and the pagan altars or would no one even remembered how to make them anymore. It's good that you changed, Manasseh, but you waited too late to change. Hear me tonight. Somebody, the Holy Ghost, is reaching for someone in this building tonight. There is a clock that is ticking tonight, right now. It isn't too late, but I'm telling you, I'm warning you in the Holy Ghost, not out of self-righteousness, not out of fear, my that's not what I'm doing I'm doing this because God would not release me from preaching this message I'm telling somebody you know you need to change you know you need to fix some stuff and I'm telling you you better get it fixed there may come a day after tonight that you get it fixed there may come a day after this service that you get it right everybody may talk about the reforms and revival that happened in your own life but if we wait too late There will be things put in motion that will not be pulled back. There will be things that will be irreversible. There will be things. Oh, Lord, let's pray together one more time. I feel the Holy Ghost. Come on, let's pray together. In the name of Jesus. Pray with me. I'm sorry to preach like this at a conference. I'm sorry, but I'm telling you, I could not get away from this. Uh, I'm reaching for somebody's kids tonight. If I can reach you, I'm going to save your kids, uh, and I'm going to save your grandkids. Uh, I'm reaching for somebody tonight. If I can reach you, it's going to save your wife, and it's going to save so much. Uh, it's going to affect for generations to come. Uh, I'm telling you tonight, you know something needs to be fixed. Don't delay. Don't delay beyond this service. Don't delay beyond this altar call. Don't delay beyond this moment. Don't wait too late to change. Let's all stand together. Musicians, come. I'm almost done. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house right now. Oh, Manasseh, Manasseh, just a little sooner, Manasseh, just a little before, and Amnon would have seen, just a little before, Ammon would have seen the change. I want to deal with somebody tonight. I want somebody to hear the Holy Ghost tonight. We may want to play around with time. We may want to play around with chance. And I obviously don't recommend it, but you might make it. You might make it. But who might not? Hey, pastors, which one of us doesn't have a story of that woman, that man, maybe the mom and dad? Right now, their names and faces are in your mind. they're standing in your church and their kids are gone and they're raising their kids don't even don't even know God and they've got their hands in the air and as sweet and as precious as sweet and as precious as forgiveness is nothing can dull the ache of knowing I was responsible for pulling my kids out. I was responsible. I was responsible. I was responsible.
How, how, do, you, how, how do you comfort that ache? How, how do you take care of that? How do you fix that? I'm trying to get us to be selfless tonight. Selfless. I'm going to tell you something, brothers. There's things I will do, maybe even if I don't have to do it, but I'm telling you, if it will help my family be saved, you go ahead. I'll do it. Well, I don't know if it's Scripture and verse. Hey, Scripture and verse, if it will help my kids be saved, I'm going to do it. Do you hear it? Tick, tock, tick, tock. The moments to change. The moments to walk through that door marked blessing are ticking away. You can still make it, but they're ticking away. You know what God's dealing with us right now? What's in some of our browser histories? Huh? What's some of those ill feelings we hold toward our spouse, toward our kids, toward our pastor? What's some of the dinner table conversation that's gone on? And I'm going to tell you, we might come back from that. But by the time we've changed, what might be lost? Boast not thyself of tomorrow. Boast not thyself of tomorrow. For thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. We may make it past tonight, not really make it right, and then Sunday say, Ugh, I'm going to do it and do it. But in this moment, in this moment, boast not thyself of tomorrow. What decision is our child going to make? What decision, because of our example, is our child going to make? And we can undo ours, but theirs will never be undone. And I'm closing. I'm telling you, some of us better get in a hurry to change. I don't mean go home and think about it a while. I mean go home and stride into that house and sit your family down and say, listen, be man enough. I've been wrong on some stuff. I've been doing stuff in my own life that's not right. We may need to get with our pastor before we leave. We may need to call him tonight before we go to bed and say, there's some stuff i got to fix. There's some stuff i got to get right. Call our wife, whatever. And I close with this. Lot running out of Sodom. He's running. And the fire and the brimstone's falling, and he's just trucking for all he's worth. The Bible says in 2 Peter that Lot was a righteous man. So somewhere in all that, Lot got it fixed. We know his horrible mistakes. But somewhere Lot got it fixed. But there were days, I'll guarantee you, Lot sat and looked at that heap that used to be Sodom. Maybe there were days. We don't know what happens to Lot after he ran out of Sodom. Maybe there were days he walked back and looked at that just God-forsaken landscape that was Sodom and Gomorrah. It says somewhere in there are my daughters. Yeah, two daughters made it out. But those two daughters by an incestuous affair with their father bore the nations of Moab and the nations of Ammon that were a thorn in Israel's side forever. There are decisions that we'll make now that are going to last for generations to come. Good or bad, it may be good, but it might not be.
but I think it should be, and I think it will be. I'll guarantee you there were times Lot stood there and said, somewhere here, my daughters that didn't run out with me. That pillar of salt was gone now, but my wife, my wife didn't make it out. My grandbabies, are we listening to me? This is Lot. This is Lot talking to himself. My grandbabies are out there somewhere. Don't wait too late to change. Right now, the mercy of God has been extended in this house. God has extended a choice for blessing and a bright, wonderful future. So much wrong that can be undone. So much loss that can be avoided and rather turn into blessing and favor. But who will listen tonight? Who will come? Right now, I'm opening this altar. I'm opening this altar. Don't feel ashamed. Don't say, oh, well, everybody will think, what has he done? I'm telling you, if you're really worried about what we're preaching tonight, you won't care. I'm sorry about this being a first night message at a conference, but I'm sorry. I just felt like this is what I had to do. Don't wait too late to change, Dad. Hey, Dad, don't wait too late to change. Don't wait another day to be the father you need to be. Don't wait another day to be the husband you need to be. To be the saint of God. The man in the church that you need to be. Don't wait one more minute. Hallelujah. 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 Come on. Don't wait too late to change. Hear the Holy Ghost. You can change. You can fix it. You can fix it tonight. You can take care of it tonight. It can be over tonight. The future can be blessed tonight. That's it. Oh, yeah, some of you are turning it around right now. Some of you are turning it around right now. You're not going to be the man you were when you came to this conference. Those habits are not going to hang on to you. Those attitudes, those attitudes are going away. Those attitudes are not going to remain. Hallelujah. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait. Too late to change. Come on. Take care of it now. Deal with it now. Fix it now. Repent about it now. That's it, brother. That's it, brother. God's going to do a work. Believe when you pray. God's going to do a work. God's going to change. God's going to deliver. God's going to fix it. God is going to change you. God's going to deliver you. God's going to set you free. Jesus still Your pastor's going to wonder. What happened? What has taken place? What changed? What's different? You're going to be a blessing to your church rather than a detriment to your pastor. You're going to influence other people around you for godliness, for righteousness, for revival. You're going to come become a force for good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's it. God's smiling on it, brother. God's smiling on it, brother. God's saying, that's it. Leave it here. Leave it here. Leave it here. He'll never turn you away.
it. Turn it around, Lord. Turn it around. Undo all that, God. Undo all of that. Turn it around. Oh, that's it. Let God work. Let God work. Hallelujah. God's going to turn it around. God's going to turn it around. That's it, brother. Believe God. Come on. Your pastor will help you. Your family's going to stand with you. Don't let the enemy cause you to doubt. Don't let fear of the fallout cause you to doubt. God's going to help you.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you've spoken to our hearts. Thank you for the word that you've given. Thank you for the help. Thank you for the washing. Thank you for the cleansing. Thank you for the nudging to do your will. Thank you, Lord, for the direction tonight. We praise you for it. We praise you for it. We praise you for it. Hallelujah. Incredible tonight. Incredible. Our verses for this year is Luke, I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 4. The very verses he read tonight is our verses for the year for our church. And our theme for this year is don't let me miss the glory. Let us fear lest the promise being left us of entering in that we could come short of it. I don't want to wait too late. I don't want to miss my moment. 
don't want to miss my opportunity. I thank God for hearts tonight that are hearing and receiving the will of God. Thank God for men that will seize their moment. Take hold of their opportunity. Amen. God bless each of you. Thank you, Brother Morgan, for obeying the Lord. The only thing I desire, the only agenda I want for preaching in this meeting is the voice of the Lord. It doesn't matter what way he speaks to us, what subject he talks to us about. I trust God knows what we need. And he certainly has met our need here tonight. Thank you again for being here. Announcements. Number one, I would like for all of our men from our local assembly, if, if you haven't already, um, go ahead and help all of the brethren in the kitchen and get prepared uh, to serve. Uh, we would like all of the men to...